back with another episode for you lovely listeners. I don't know why I did that, but we back at it, back at it, out here, still doing the thing, you know. Sorry for a little bit of hiatus, but you know, work, work been kicking my ass, been kicking my ass. I know y'all know how that feels. Sometimes, sometimes that shit, sometimes that shit wins, nigga. Right now, but, hey, nigga, we back up. Let the streets know. And so, it's in the title of this episode, so, I just wanted, you know, mess a couple stories, but a decent amount of stories have occurred where, you know, we can get into the humanity of athletes, man. Like, I feel like, not even, I mean, particularly with black athletes, it happens way more, but even all athletes get it where, you know, feel like sometimes people don't see athletes as still being human. They think they're there. They're just little tools and pawns for their enjoyment. When it's more than that, it's like, yo, these, these people are human. Like, you gotta, you gotta understand that. Because, like, most recently, you see the way the fans wild out against the players of the Cleveland Guardians. So much to the fact that the this is baseball, for y'all who don't know, so much to the point that the New York Yankees had to come out to try to calm their fans down. And this is during the game, you know, cursing, ready to, ready to have them words with the outfielders for the Cleveland Guardians. Then as they walk off the game, they start throwing shit at the outfielders while they're getting ready to run off, run off the field. You know, it's a walk-off situation. So they're throwing shit at the outfielders. And, and it's like the Yankees supposed to be enjoying a nice, good, Win a nice little walk off, you know, as they always do. Give a little bit of celebration, you know, pop bottles and shit, as as baseball players tend to do out this shit. And they gotta go out there and calm down the fucking fans. They don't shit. They do hella shit on the field. Like if y'all watch golf and you saw the Phoenix Invitation, like when niggas dropped the hole in one, they were that's how much shit they were throwing. Beer cans were everywhere, just flying at the players, man. It was it's just sad to see the kind of actions. Fans have been having for a long time. I, man, I think I said another episode, but we need another Malice in the Palace. So these fans know, like, these are elite athletes. These niggas are in the best condition human beings have ever been in. If they punch you, you can go to sleep. You can't wake back the fuck up. We needs that. We needs it for the streets. We do. We do. But... This sort of conversation is more so spurred from, you know, the fact that um, we had the unfortunate passing of one Dwayne Haskins Jr. They recently had his uh, celebration of life over the weekend. His parents both spoke at it, but man, kid was only 24 years old, and one of the biggest. I guess he's one of the biggest NFL journalists. And Adam Shitner decides to take the time of announcing this young man's passing as an opportunity to talk about his shortcomings in life. Didn't mention too much high praise, but just mentioned his shortcomings in a tweet that he later tracked it, then he gave a, 
I wouldn't even call this shit an apology on his personal podcast. But it's like, bro, man just lost his life. Then a uh, former Cowboys GM, my team, unfortunately, also had some very fucked up comments to say about Dwayne Haskins as well in that time. Imme- immediately upon the motherf- the kids passing. Like, it's just sad, like, and it's like, seeing his last post was just him and Najee Harris chilling, having a good time, you know, like, fucking 24, like, that's so fucking young, and then for you, so, I'm, I'm sure both of them motherfuckers did not actually personally know Dwayne Haskins, I don't personally know Dwayne Haskins. But Dwayne Haskins has not done enough shit publicly available to so that in his unfortunate passing at the age of twenty four, just be like, you know what, fuck him. He has done nothing of that. I graduated from the University of Michigan, Michigan football fan, and even hearing about his passing, it's gonna hurt someone like me because like, damn. He's young, has all the talent in the world at his given profession, but the opportunity to go further, even though he he was placed into the most shittiest of organizations in, at Washington football. I can say that as a Cowboys fan and living in Richmond, Virginia, like their, tra- their training facilities here, one of them for fucking preseason. He... He went into a very shitty situation and actually did fairly decent given his circumstances. I mean, we I mean, we all said it, you know, after him just playing one season at Ohio State, you know, a lot of us had the feeling that, hey, he has all the talent in the world, but you know, being a quarterback, especially at the next level, you know, you gotta learn the leadership aspect role of it. And you know, everybody felt, you know, that sort of part he hadn't conquered yet. He could have had a, another season in NCAA to do that. But you could tell when he was playing in Washington, he was trying to learn that part of the game on the fly. And, and unfortunately, it worked out for him there. But you saw in Pittsburgh, they were like, hey, we're not even going to make you play. We want you to sit down behind a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, Take the time to learn the job. Because none of the other motherfuckers we got here on this roster, we know we ain't keeping them niggas. We ain't keeping Mason Rudolph. We ain't keeping Doug Hodges. We're looking to develop somebody to take the throne after Big Ben steps away from this game. And that's going to be you. And he was in a great position in life. And he passed. I mean, like, there's different ways to react because it's like, you know, those two motherfuckers said what they said. And then the owners of the Big Ten Network, which are motherfuckers based out of Northwestern University, they said, scrap everything we have on the schedule, man. We're putting in little commercial spots, honoring Dwayne Haskins. We're playing all his greatest games, which includes the time he, he toured Michigan the fuck apart. 
Like, even in his passing, that's a video, a game I hate seeing played back. But in his passing, you know, it's like it's like a good kind of pain. Like, hey, people are remembering the shit he did that made tons of people smile. Even if it didn't make me and certain motherfuckers I'm around smile. But it brought light to this world a little bit. You know? And I think we gotta remember that even with athletes, they're still human, but we also gotta remember the good they brought into here. You know, this is similar to when Kobe passing and Gail King trying to still make Kobe out to be a rapist. It's like, yo, this is this is not the time for that. And also particularly with someone in Lisa Leslie who was one of Kobe's best friends, one of one of his confidants. It's like, yo, like motherfuckers are slimy in this business of trying to be reporters and shit be newscasters, whatever have you. And I mean, as far as Adam Scheffner goes, that motherfucker's track record is just sort of like, yo, ESPN, honestly, you need to cut ties with the motherfucker. Because shit's just piling up. You're lucky, whatever happened with the NFL, buying out those reporters or what have you not, when they released the shit that was coming out of the fucking uh, Redskins investigation, where basically we found out Adam Scheffner was actively against players. And basically confirmed a lot of things players had said. It's like, yo, Adam Schefter was saying shit that only five motherfuckers were in the room when it happened. And four of the motherfuckers are, four of the motherfuckers you know didn't tell. So you know the source of his information has come from that he's actively working against the players that he's supposed to be reporting on. And it's like, yo, that's a huge conflict of interest. Like, the news media is supposed to be, well, it's supposed to be, but it ain't. It's supposed to try to be as unbiased as possible. It's like, motherfucker, you're literally letting the NFL owners write articles for you that you're going to post about how the players are selfish and need to just agree to what's in the CB, what the owners are offering for the CBA, yada, yada, yada. But he's a piece of shit. Mostly just fuck Adam Schefter. I don't like the nigga. Never did, never will. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. But also, Athletes as humans, but also not even just the people on the floor, the coaches as well, because I like this particular reporter, but as I've seen in interviews with other other reporters talking about, you know, sometimes a lot of people just want to be first or something, and sometimes you need to check with certain sources before you be, before you report a story just to be first even though you have confirmed information that what you're about to say is true, that sometimes you need to wait. And Adrian Wojnarowski, Dick Woj, Woj, as a lot of people know him, he reported that Frank Vogel was going to be fired, which Frank Vogel was fired by the league's front office. But the problem is that he reported it basically within like an hour or two after the Lakers season and season and end game last game of the season but he reported this before anybody in the lakers organization told frank vogel that they intended to fire him after the season was over which is definitely like 
not treating the motherfucker as human, like not seeing the humanity in who somebody is. It's like, bro, you like in 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 no job. I'm not just even talking about the sports. In no job should I have to find out I'm being let go by somebody who is not my motherfucking boss or supervisor or in my motherfucking chain of command. Like, that shit should never happen. And when it does happen, the motherfucker should talk to you directly. Because, like, even, even some associates that I know, one associate happens to work in a business security. And, well, not even just hearing it from, I've heard it from other people who just work in different business fields that require cubicles and offices. And that motherfuckers, these companies, they don't even have the fucking testicular fortitude to actually come to your office, look you in the face, say, hey, sorry, but we're letting you go. Shake your hand. Let you pack up your stuff. Let you walk out the office. No, they don't do that. They have a whole automated voice message. Not even automated voice message. They hire out a whole another company. Like, they hire out a different company to handle their HR. They'll hire out a whole another fucking company to come and tell you, to call you up at sometime between 7 or 8 on a Friday tell you, hey, your company just fired you. Yada yada, this is what they expect you to do on Monday. Come get your, come get your shit. Yada yada yada. It's like, hold on, like, at least do, like, at least someone come have the humanity and the fortitude just to look me in my face and be like, hey yo, we're letting you go. Not, not some automated system, and then to let a motherfucker work at minimum, at minimum. The whole day, if not the whole week. No, you've already you've already fired them. They're already gone. You just got them there, basically, basically doing labor for you that they don't really need to do because there's no continuation of their craft or career at where you currently have them. And I mean, there was one time I think it was in Illinois or Indiana, where a motherfucker shot up his work plant that he was working at because they basically already told him like a month and a half out hey we're letting you go you know just two years short of this motherfucker being able to get pulled full pension and also telling him hey you're gonna train your fucking replacement who we're gonna hire for half the price we pay you and then sit there and think oh this is gonna last a whole month and a half where this where this person's just gonna be calm that shit lasted three weeks and that motherfucker said, you know what? Let's let's do what we gotta do. Which, you know, I'm not for violence, you know, senseless mass killings, you know, a lot of gun violence as well, you know, it's a horrible thing out here, but it's like, sometimes you just gotta say, low-key, some particular individuals had that shit coming. It's written on the fucking walls. But now it's written on the walls in your blood. But back to 
sport. Let's keep this. This is a sports podcast. Sports podcast. But Frank Vogel and like the humanity of who he's, he should not have found out on fucking Twitter that he just got fucking fired. Like, I don't know what the stipulations is in coaching contracts, but it's like, bro. I sh- if I find out I get fired on the internet before anybody calls me, texts me, leaves me a voicemail, leaves a, leaves a note on my fucking desk, nigga, I should be able to sue and get hella paid for the whole next season. Get get whatever I'm making now, get that shit for next season. Because that is all kinds of just unprofessionalism. Just extremely, highly unprofessional. Highly unprofessional. Just goddamn, like, start treating these athletes and these coaches with just some humanity. Just treat them like they're still fucking people and not just some little entertainment slave for your enjoyment. But that's all I got for this episode, folks. Come back next time. I'll, I'll, I'll be in a better mood. I'll be a little bit happier. Maybe. You know, you know what? If you hear this episode before goddamn NFL draft, you know, I'm recording myself loud in NFL draft. Watching every pick, getting my good old good analysis, getting my Mel Kuyper Jr. on. You know what? Speaking of humanity, let's go to Mel Kuyper Jr. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw that. I'm going to throw that bitch motherfucker in here too. Because, Mel, hey, let's just put it this way. You, you right now listen to this podcast you either have the same or more qualifications than Mel Kuyper actually has to do his fucking job. His only qualification to do his job is the fact that somehow somebody gave him this fucking job. Like, all his, all his analysis has been wrong. This motherfucker said Julio Jones was going to last three seasons in the fucking league. Anybody who watched goddamn Julio Jones at Alabama could easily see this motherfucker belongs in a goddamn NFL roster. Like, who who couldn't see that? Who like that lets you know he doesn't watch football, which I found out it, he really doesn't. <laughs> Fun, right? Fun, right? Like, past middle school, this motherfucker has no football experience. Like, legit. Like, he didn't play high school, JV, nor varsity. Didn't coach, hasn't worked on a football staff in no sorts. That's why Bill Bill Tobin and Bill Polian are both goaded. Because of the whole incident at the 1994 draft with the Indianapolis Colts. And so, that's the whole thing known about him. Like, you, you look through his history, like, motherfucker only has an associate's degree from community college. So, he's not big, intelligent motherfucker he pretends to be and then found out basically the way he actually got on was literally he made these huge mock draft books saying oh this is where people should draft guys this is where guys should go yada 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 but he made that by literally just not even watching these people play for themselves none of these guys just you know only really watch NFL football then just being an old person at the, who only watched the NFL football show, like, oh, this guy might be good. He might not be good. Let me, let me see what his draft analysis is, you know. 
his combine stuff, his workout reports. Taking that shit from other people. Like, taking all the regional reports. Just putting them all in one package together. And then just seeing who gets the highest grade and just put them up. Well, they should go here, they should go here. Based on what other people said NFL team needs are. Basically, just took all the shit everybody else was saying. None of his original thought. Packaged it all together. And try to get put on to being part of NFL staff. Basically, buying hella money, putting in hella money to get this printed. Then buying a shelf space. The same way, you know, big companies do, you know, like Coca-Cola pays this certain amount of money to make sure their product is placed here when it comes to the drink aisle. Make sure it's, you know, here and there, you know. He paid to have that shit spread across the different places where, where sports stuff was sold to make it seem legit. Which it wasn't. And now this motherfucker tried out every year talking about, oh yeah, this guy's just, this guy's that. This motherfucker can't hit a lick in college football. Like, if he has no unique analysis on punk god, Matarazer, that's how you know he don't watch a lick of college football. He's he don't have no actual scouting abilities. He's never worked on the NFL staff at all. If you are an NFL scout or GM and you listen to Mel Kiper Jr., you should lose your fucking job. And that's all I have. But I'm recording myself live listening, watching the draft. Y'all gonna I'm gonna put in all my good commentary. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a long ass episode too. Because motherfuckers at the draft in the first round take their sweet ass time. They take them whole 10 minutes per pick. God fucking damn. But we gonna do this shit. It's gonna be fun. But hey, thanks for listening. Love y'all niggas, man. I really do. And if you ain't white, you still my nigga though. During this brief intermission, I just wanted to remind all our listeners that we are available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and we also have a Twitter account where you guys can interact with us and catch up with us, see our ideas on some things happening between our podcast episodes. Links will always be down in the description. And now back to the action.